One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. The title of this message, guys, is called The Sons of the Dove. How many of you know that Jesus, you know, he walked on the earth for, what was it, 30 years? Um, And he spoke of the scriptures. He went into the temple. He did, uh, you know, things that really rattled the mind of the Pharisees. But his ministry started when the dove came upon him, right? The dove came out of heaven, and uh, he shook up the world for for three and a half years, changed the world. And um, the one thing that he said before he left the earth, right? He was, he was crucified. He descended in, into hell. He took the keys. He now holds the keys of life and death. So all authority, all power is in the hand of Jesus, right? He ascended and he walked on the earth. It says he walked on the earth for 40 days. And then before he ascended into heaven, he said these words to the disciples. He says, do not leave this city until I send the power of the Holy Spirit upon you, the promise. And so he ascends into heaven, and then on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God is poured out upon not just the 11 remaining apostles, but all 120 believers in the upper room. That's Acts chapter 2, right? And so when the dove came upon those 120, they went into the world and shook it. It changed him. And so when, when Paul was talking about the revelation of the sons of God in the, in the book of Romans, um, and he says that all creation is crying out, it's groan, groaning for the awakening and the release of the, sons in God, of the sons of God. And he says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so that, that picture of the power of the Holy Spirit As it came on Jesus, it also comes on daughters and sons who walk in that power and actually go into the world and do exactly the same things that Jesus did. Jesus raised the dead, healed the sick, prophesied, did words of knowledge, ministered um, all the all the stories in the New Testament or in in the four Gospels. Everything that Jesus did. Suddenly, when the dove comes upon the disciples, the, re- the, the remaining 11 disciples, and the 120 in the upper room, and then Paul, right? Saul, who persecuted the church, who persecuted the beginning church. Jesus comes to him. The same spirit comes on Paul. Saul becomes Paul. Paul then goes and finds other believers in Ephesus in, in uh, Acts chapter 19, it says that Paul finds other believers in, in, in Ephesus, and he says, did you receive the, the Holy Spirit when you believed? And he said, no. And he starts to talk about being baptized into repentance, but have you been baptized into Christ? Christ meaning the anointing, the same anointing that was on Christ 
came in the form of the dove upon the sons who received the dove. Amen? Everybody with me on that? So the dove is actually a symbol of the awakening of the sons. So if you receive the dove, that is, that is connected to the awakening in your life. Anybody in here been awakened? Right? And so there's this progression that the dove leads you through. He leads you out of darkness and into the light. The, the Bible says you will go from glory to glory to glory. Amen? So it's not just revelation biblically. It's revelation of, of life. Revelation of what the kingdom in heaven actually is and what it reveals and what the Lord's desire is to reveal on earth. That comes through, that comes upon sons of God, and ultimately comes through sons of God to release the glory on the earth, right? Just as the Father spoke in the very beginning, the very beginning of the, of, of the, whole, the whole thing, the whole picture starts with the Father speaking into the darkness where the Holy Spirit hovered, and it says that the darkness could not stop the light, it couldn't comprehend it, couldn't resist it, Right? And so that light is connected to the, to the voice of God. And so the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the awakening of the Holy Spirit in your life is not just feeling the tinglys and the, the presence of the Lord. It's actually also about the awakening of the voice. You carry the Holy Spirit and the voice of God actually is empowered through you. You can hear your heart is no longer darkened. It's awakened, Right? So your senses, the, your, your spirit, your heart is awakened um, to hear and see in the spirit. The, the, the Bible says in, in uh, uh, Joel chapter 2 that, you know, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. You will dream dreams. You will have visions, right? That's, that's the awakening of, of your spirit to be connected with, with the living God. Amen. And the kingdom is actually released then through the sons of God. That's why all of creation is groaning for the whole earth to actually see this dove sitting on the sons of God and to demonstrate the kingdom. Through, through your love and relationship with the Holy Spirit, you then become this voice. You become his hands. You become his feet. You become his eyes. You become his heart. You become the way that the kingdom is released on earth. Can I tell you that the devil is afraid of people to be fully awakened with the dove? He's shaking in his boots. He is deathly afraid of people who say, oh my gosh, the Lord sent his Holy Spirit upon me, not just to come and sit and to kind of talk nice to people, to be good. He actually came that you would be equipped with the dove and all these stories that you read about in the book of Acts the supernatural ones, that's you. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you are called to write a chapter in the book of Acts. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys didn't sound too convincing. You got you to like prophesy. You got to say, you were called to write a chapter in the book of Acts. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you something. There's a book written about you in heaven. In fact, many of you have multiple books written about you in heaven. Jesus, when, when, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about, um, Behold, it is written of me in the book. And it goes on to talk about the revealing of the book on earth. The book, 
there's a truth of Jesus Christ written in the book of heaven and a piece of it was put in the Old Testament and another piece was put in the New Testament but there's all these different pieces that as you are connected to the Spirit of God, you are in the body of Christ and as that book be, continues to be unveiled, every time you go into the world and minister to somebody, you go down the street, you talk to somebody about Jesus, you put, lay hands on them and somebody gets healed, you prophesy to them, they fall to their knees, they weep, they cry and suddenly they're awakened, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's your book. There's a book written of every one of you in heaven. And it continues to be unfolded as you search out the Spirit and you, be, you become emboldened in this relationship with the Holy Spirit knowing that you are called to live a supernatural life. That's what Jesus meant when he said to pray this way, our Father in heaven, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're, you're, the, the awakening of the Spirit is no longer are you earthbound, you become heavenbound. And when you become connected to Christ, you have access to heaven. And heaven, the heart of God, actually unveils. This is about an unveiling. As you continue to search deeper into the power of the Holy Ghost, into your relationship, into, into the searching in your prayer life, that's why your prayer life is the centerpiece of everything you do. This isn't about you suddenly get equipped with uh, the ability to prophesy or pray for somebody. It's about your, your relationship with the Holy Spirit being such a burning in your life that out of that platform, the Lord speaks to you. He tells you the secret things. He opens the book of your life, your personal life. He opens the book of people around you. You know, you know what prophecy is? When people stand in front of me and I prophesy... And I go down the line, I keep prophesying. All I'm doing is turning pages in people's books, right? I'm, turn, I'm opening their book, and I'm saying, the world identified you as this, but the Lord says you're this. The world says you're worthless. You're a drug addict. You're going to ne never be greater than this. But the Lord says, according to what's written of you in heaven, I'm opening the book in your life. I'm actually writing on your heart. That's what prophecy is. It actually writes. It, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the connection piece. It's the starting piece. So when you receive a prophecy, it's not just like you don't just sit back and say, well, maybe that'll come true. Maybe it won't. No, no, no. When I receive a prophecy or I receive a dream, that's the beginning of a conversation with the Holy Spirit. What did this dream mean, Lord? What, where am I to go? What, what, why did this happen to me? And the Holy Spirit responds back. And then you ask more questions and the Holy Spirit responds back. Amen? That's, that's a relationship. And so as you learn the voice of the Holy Spirit in your own life and your own, your own book becomes open, and I don't know where this is coming from because none of this is in my notes today, but as your own book becomes open, the Lord then, as people stand in front of you, or he awakens you to send a, to, to go speak to people, he's sending you to open their book. That's a pretty cool deal. You see, you're not, when you become spirit-filled believers, you are no longer earthbound. You're bound in heaven. And so let's, let's talk about that a little bit because the awakening of, of the sons of God, the sons of the dove, is an important aspect for you to understand. All right? So turn with me if you have your Bible, to, 
And, and by the way, you're going to get a lot of scripture in this. I encourage you to bring your Bible. Um, a lot of what I'm going to talk about is in the book I gave you. Did, by the way, did everybody get a book? If you didn't get a book, we'll bring more next time and we'll hand them out. But I encourage you to um, study the scriptures after we get, go through these classes because your revelation of the intent of the giving of the Spirit and your trust of the Holy Spirit comes through you know, just that, that understanding that is scripturally based. So, Matthew chapter 16, and uh, we're going to start with uh, verse 13. And it says this, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? So they said, Some say, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, the others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whenever you, whatever you bind on earth, if you, if you read the Amplified Version, it says, if you, whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth and what do you, has already been loosed in heaven. And the meaning, the meaning of that bottom piece uh, verse, verse 19 is important for you to understand because it's connected to your value and rela relational dynamic of what the Spirit is telling you, okay? When he says, I will give you the keys, what he's talking about is I will give you, I will speak to you. I will give you vision. I will speak to you in vision. I'll speak to you in dreams. You will learn my voice. And when you learn my voice, you will learn to trust and believe in me because what I show you is an opening of that book, and what I show you has already been opened in heaven. So when the Lord begins to speak to you, he's actually saying, I'm turning the page. It's up to you to believe me. And when you believe it, you speak it. And when you speak it, you are actually turning the page, right? Does everybody get that concept? So the power of prophecy comes from the one who believes in the vision of what the Lord is showing. So you can get a vision of the Lord and this unction, you can basically sit back and say, yeah, I think I heard God, but I'm not sure. And there's other people who get a vision and pick up and say, hey, we're moving because the Lord said we're moving. We're supposed to go here because the Lord told me to go there. I told you earlier that the Lord woke me up in 2015 in a dream about India. Three months later, I'm standing in front of thousands of people preaching in crusades in India. What would have happened if I would have had the dream and, and said, oh, I don't know. You see, when I had the dream, I went and within, a, with, 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 within seven days, the man from India called me. Within three days of that, I went and I bought my plane ticket. And as soon as I bought my plane ticket, I had people at work. I had people on the street, people from church, walking up to me with $500 checks, $1,000 checks, and they said, these were their words to me. The Lord told me to give you this because you're going somewhere. That was kind of the general theme. 
The Lord convinced me that out of my heart, when I decided to follow what he was telling me in a dream, in, in vision, he was confirming he had people coming up to me and funding my first mission. That's kind of crazy. But that's an example of how prophecy and, and, and the, the, the relationship with the Holy Spirit works. He doesn't speak to you for you to just sit there and not act. He speaks to you as your relationship develops to start a conversation. You go back and forth. And then as you begin to act in what his vision is, things start to unfold in your life. He starts feeding and connecting and everything that was hidden becomes unraveled. The page of the book gets turned. Does that make sense? Amen? So your confidence is not whether or not they fully receive it. Because there's going to be people that do openly receive it. There's others where are like words of knowledge where it pierces their heart and people begin to weep. It breaks down walls. But there's other prophecies and visions that the Lord will give you that you speak to people and there will be, it's up to them to actually step into it. Amen? You with me on that? And so as a believer, as a, as a son of the dove who hears the voice of God, it's, it's about what he shows you. Because what he shows you, he has already made provision and a way to actually execute. All the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus coming, they kept saying that they kept identifying that the Son of God was coming. And he came, right? And so that's the way, that's the way prophecy works. But I want to dissect this this uh, scripture a little bit more because it's important for you to understand the background of what, where this happened and what Jesus was trying to portray to the disciples. Caesarea Philippi, in this particular spot that Jesus said this, was actually on Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon in Israel is where the fallen angels, if you read the book of Enoch, it's where the fallen angels came. And the, it, the book of Enoch actually talks about how all of the, the major sins of man, the witchcraft and um, all these different things that, that, that happened with these fallen angels, that actually happened on Mount Hermon. Okay? And if you start putting two and two together, Jesus is asking the disciples in this very place, see, all of Israel would have known that at that time. That, that, the book of Enoch was part of, of what they read. They actually um, knew what, how, how Enoch was called to judge the fallen angels. Okay? And so as they're walking through this area of Caesarea Philippi at Mount Hermon, Jesus points this out and he asks them a specific question. He says, who do men say that I am? And they all talk about what everybody else is saying. He says, no, who do you say that I am? Who do you actually believe that I am? And he says, Peter says, you are the Christ. By the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the one that the dove has come upon. And, P and, and Jesus turns back. He looks at Peter and he says, upon this revelation, I'll build my church. Right. But before he says that, he, sa he says this. He says, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. The word Bar-Jonah is, is an important element. The word bar means son. The word Jonah means dove. You see, Jesus was turning to Peter and saying, he was prophesying to him. 
You may not know it now, but the dove that came on me and you saw all this supernatural stuff, the dove is going to come on you, Peter. You are Simon Bar-Jonah, son of the dove. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But he did it in the very place where he said, I, Jesus is basically saying in this place, I am the rock. The people feared Mount Hermon because it was the place where, where the fallen angels had come. It's, it's where they worshiped the Greek god Pan. Anybody ever study the Greek god Pan? Half goat, half man. It's a place where they actually used to sacrifice children. The place where the, the giants, it's, it's, if you read the book of Numbers, before um, Moses brought the children of Israel to the Jordan on the verge of crossing over, the last battle they fought was against King Og, who is set up at Mount Hermon. It's, it's said to be, a, the, they call it the mouth of the devil. There's this huge cave, and it's, there's, there, to this day, there's so much blood that was spilled on that place in sacrifice that, it, that it's still saturated in the blood of the sacrifices that the giants made of, of the people. They sacrificed children. And Jesus, Jesus was going to the darkest place on earth. And he was saying, I am going to take back this earth. I am the king of this world. Right? And so if you have the revelation of Jesus Christ being the, the true king, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the, the original son of the dove. Jesus is saying that in this, there's no place darker. There's no, there's a, there isn't a place dark enough on earth that I can't come into and shed light on. And if you believe, you have to get this in the deepest part of your spirit because it is the, you have an impact on prophecy. You see, you can have a vision and kind of lob, you can lob it over the wall and see if it sticks. Or you can have a vision and believe the vision so powerfully that when you speak, it breaks through every form of darkness, every form of wall that person has in their heart. And what Jesus is, the, 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 this is actually a picture of prophecy. Jesus says, I will give you the keys and the gates of hell will not prevail. The light will penetrate the darkness and the darkness cannot resist it. Whatever you loose out of your mouth, whatever you bind out of your mouth. So if, if I'm praying for Barb and I say, in the name of Jesus, you are this Barb. You are called to preach. You are. You, and I say you are. I'm actually imparting the kingdom to her. And then I say that dark thing, that, that thing that actually has blinded your heart, I break it. I take it out in Jesus' name. I call your heart awakened. You are actually imparting heaven into the person you're prophesying to. Does that make sense? So the power of the Holy Ghost, you are connected in your relationship to the Holy Spirit in believing what the Lord is actually speaking to you. Amen? So you have a stake in the game. Your trust in the Holy Spirit of what He's saying to you will dictate whether or not you, you begin to follow Him. I think I heard the Lord say, to go down to the 7-Eleven. I think I heard the Lord say that Connie, that I'm supposed to give Connie $10. A simple thing. Let me tell you a quick story. 2009, I'm sitting at, my, at, the, at, a, at our dinner table, Thanksgiving. We've got about 20 people in, in, in the house. House is full of people. Turkey just gets done. 
I'm about to sit down. I got my plate. I sit down at the table. I just start to eat. And the Lord says, go to 7-Eleven. I went, now? I want to eat, man. He says, go to 7-Eleven now. So rather than tell my wife and deal with the wrath, I kind of backed up from the table, acted like I was getting some dessert or something. And I got in my car and I'm like, okay, Lord, you got to make this quick. You got to make this quick. So I get, I get in my car. 7-Eleven is like two miles down the road. I'm flying, man. I got her on 60. Got to get in there. I'm going to give a person a prophetic word. That's usually the way the Lord works with me. And um, I'll, get, I'll be back, warm my turkey up. Life is good. She doesn't even know about it. Well, I get in there. I walk into 7-Eleven. I'm walking around 7-Eleven. And the way my gift usually works is the, the Lord will usually point somebody out pretty quick. Give me a vision of that person and I'll start to minister to them, and the Lord will begin to speak to me more and more. That's just how my, the gift of prophecy flows in me. I get into 7-Eleven, and guess what? Crickets. <laughs> I'm walking around, and I'm like, okay, everybody that was in here just left. It's got to be the clerk. So I walk up. I'm, I'm, I'm like, nothing, man. I'm like, Lord, did I miss it? And I, I'm like walking around 7-Eleven and I go out to my car and I'm like, did they not come? Did they not get here? Finally, after about 25, 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm like, what is this? This doesn't happen to me. And so I get, it, I get in my car, I drive home. I'm like, what am I going to tell her? And uh, I get out of my car step foot into my garage and put my foot or put put my hand on the the uh, doorknob between the garage going into our kitchen as soon as i put my hand on the doorknob whoo, the lord the lord says this to me he goes i just wanted to test your heart to see if you'd go whoo can i tell you this if there wasn't the test of 711 there never would have been India. There never would have been Toledo. There never would have been working with pastors. There never would have been any of this stuff. And so I learned that the Lord would test me in ways that were even beyond, you know, simply trying to figure it out biblically. He's actually testing your heart to see if you know his voice and whether or not you will trust him. Because until he knows you are, uh, you are going to trust him beyond. What if you have 10 people? What if you have family members saying, oh, I don't think you should do that. That's a dangerous thing. You probably shouldn't go to that city. You should, probably shouldn't go down, down to, the, to, you know, to, the, to the place where, um, you know, they don't have a whole lot of money. Or um, the place that... that uh, the Lord is actually calling you to go or calling you to do something. If he can't trust you in the little things and you don't develop faith to believe what he's showing you in the little things, how are you ever going to be built to actually step fully into what you're called to do? Amen. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. show me my 7-Eleven. That I may learn to trust your voice in the little thing. So I'll be prepped and ready 
into everything you called me to do in this world. Make my heart sensitive to trust you no matter what in the name of Jesus. All right, now just be ready because you just set yourself up. Amen. And just for the record, I walked in and somehow the Lord smoothed everything over inside the house. <laughs> but hey, that's a different story. Um, so, the voice of God is this burning platform by which every realm of darkness on earth, the Lord has a plan to invade. He actually didn't awaken sons of God and daughters of God to stay away from the hard thing, to stay away from the darkness, to stay away from those bound in depression, or to stay away even from states and nations that are under dark governments, governments that actually attack Christians, governments that actually go after, and actually, if they catch you preaching in the street, they will hang you. Okay? Now, that, there's a big progression to get from learning to trust Him inside the walls of the church before you actually say, all right, Lord, you're calling me to Pakistan. You're calling me to Iran. Those are big steps. But there's no, you don't even have to worry about that until you learn His voice in the simple things. And He'll begin, if you've never heard His voice like that, and you start searching Him out, that is the way your relationship will be built with Him. Simple things. Hey, Jim Bob is in dire straits. He needs somebody to pay his electric bill this month. Will you do it? And you get this unction come on you. You have this burden, this need. You don't deny it. If he told you to do it, you write the check. I can tell you story after story. I, just one more story. Can I tell you one more? I'm sitting in church one time, and this prophet comes in, and he starts to talk, and he's, he's taken up an offering because he, he, does, he does work in um, South America, in Brazil. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear the voice of the Lord say, I want your bank account. <laughs> I, I literally got sick to my stomach. <laughs> because I don't know if you ever emptied your bank account. You then have to learn how to live paycheck to paycheck, Right? And I'm sitting there and I'm rationalizing. This is somewhere around, this is around 2008, 2009. And I'm rationalizing in my own mind. Is that you, God? This was, this was right after the 7-Eleven story. Okay? Is this you, God? And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah. So I, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, ah. I think, I think maybe he just said $1,000. So I write this check for $1,000. I put it in the offering. And I, I'm, let, let me tell you, I felt so sick. I went home and she goes, my wife goes, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, all right, this is kind of crazy, but I'm pretty sure I heard the Lord tell me to do this. And she, Shelly looks at me and she goes, did you do it? And I went, all right, all right, all right. So I literally, I walked over, I got it. I, I wrote out the check to my bank account. I ran down the road to my pastor's house, knock on the door, and I said, this is what the Lord really told me to give tonight. Off and off I went. And so for the next probably year and a half, Shelly and I learned to live paycheck to paycheck. 
trusting that the voice of God, if he was willing, if he was calling me to even give everything I trusted in, in my money, um, that he was able to take care of me through all that stuff. And all I can tell you is the Lord has blessed me um, beyond measure um, after that season of testing. But the voice of God is not just about ministry. It's about testing your heart, awakening you to trust him. And all that builds up in this relational dynamic to where when he says something to you, you don't hesitate. You see, I, I was hesitating. I was questioning back then. But now when the Lord says it, I'm like, all right, Shell, got two dreams last night about Toledo. I think we're going. The job offer comes. The next thing you know, here I am. I'm in Toledo. She's like, all right, man, let's pack up. That's, cra- that's kind of crazy. But there's a progression in learning to trust the voice of the Lord. Amen? And so I just want to... I want to talk about one more scripture here tonight because this one scripture you know when you when you are awakened in the holy spirit you can't fake not having a relationship with him and i don't know if that makes sense to you but you transition from depending on the church and the house of god you transition into trusting the holy spirit and it changes your mindset in becoming a contributor to the church to help the church be strengthened, to help build it in length, in height, in width, in all angles. And so as that happens, it only really happens as your relationship develops. Okay, so I want to encourage you that if you just came here to be awakened in a gift, that's not really what the, that's the, the book that you're going to read and what this class is about is really about a central burning relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love, I I can't tell you how much I love the presence of the Lord. I love to be, I love to get up in the morning. Sometimes the Lord wakes me up at three. Sometimes I wait till my alarm goes off at 530. But whatever it is, the first thing I do is I make my coffee. I sit down and I spend the first hours or multiple hours in the presence of the Lord. I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I never... I could never do that before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost because I didn't have access. I didn't have a way to search out the Lord. I mean, the most common thing is Christians, when they say that I don't have a prayer life, I don't know how this works, I don't know how this is supposed to work, um, it's hard to pray to the Lord when the only language you know is your language. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord has a language, and it's a language that allows you access into the Spirit so that the presence of the Lord will come and rest upon you no matter where you're at. And whenever you learn that language, you can call on Him. You can call on Him. And actually in Zephaniah 3.9, it says that in that day, I will give back a pure language that they may call on me. Can I tell you that English isn't a pure language? Spanish is not a pure language. Those are earthly languages. But there's a language of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when you receive the Holy Spirit as in the, on, on, uh, um, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the, Pen- the day of Pentecost, the outpour of the Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon all 120 in the upper room. And it says that they prayed in tongues and prophesied. And they did supernatural things. The presence of the Lord, this key, this, this gift of, of spiritual prayer is a key that gives you access that when you do not know what to pray for, 
you can actually turn that key. You can actually begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And heaven begins to open up. The presence of God comes upon you. And when it comes upon you, you actually learn to hear his voice. You actually learn to be settled in his presence. You actually learn to be filled with the peace of his presence. And so the gift of tongues is not a small thing. It's not like, well, I can take that or leave it. If you are going to step into the book that is written of heaven of your life, your prayer life is central to it. So I want to spend time talking about the prayer life that the Lord calls people to be equipped with. Okay? Turn with me to, um, and this is the last scripture we're going to do here today. Um, Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9 to 11. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking to those who have hardened hearts. He's talking to the Pharisee and the Sadducee. He's talking to the religious leaders of the day who actually um, were trying to read the Bible, but they turned, they, they were actually making an idol out of what was written. They, they tried to do it without the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? They tried to make it what they wanted. And it actually says between, between um, the, you know, in the book of Malachi, there were 400 years between the book of Malachi and the coming of Christ. Those 400 years, the Lord was silent. And during those 400 years, the Pharisees made hundreds and hundreds of additional conditions and laws that the people had to follow. Okay, they actually made some they made something out of it that that wasn't what it was intended to do. And that's how man can fall into a trap of creating something to fit their own need. And that's not really the way the Lord says, I'll teach you. That's not really the way the Lord says, I'll speak to you. Okay, so he says, to whom will I teach knowledge and whom will he make to understand the message? The word knowledge there is actually the word yada. Yada means intimacy. It was actually first used in the Bible when it says that Adam and Eve came together. Okay? So the Lord is actually saying that through intimacy with me, spirit to spirit, he will, he will teach you. Okay? So he says, to whom will he teach yada? To whom will he teach intimacy? And to whom will he make to understand the message? And this is twofold. This is understanding biblically the meaning of Scripture. It's also understanding what the Lord's path for your own life is. It's understanding with the equipping of the gifts of the Holy Spirit on you for you to actually speak and release the word of the Lord to people. And so he goes on to say, he goes, those who are babies... Just weaned from milk and taken from the breast. He's asking, he's asking, he's being facetious. He's asking a facetious question. Those who are babies just weaned from milk and taken from the breast. For it is his prophets repeating over and over, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, rule upon rule, rule upon rule, here a little, there a little. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. In the Amplified, verse 11 says this. He says, no. So he asked the question that he's trying to establish in the heart of those trying to follow him. And he's, he's, he, he's, he's creating this picture. And he's saying, is it just repeating of, of, of what the Lord actually spoke before? He goes, he, he, he's basically saying precept upon precept. 
He's saying just by, just by speaking that or trying to understand it, you can't understand it without me. Okay? So he answers, he says, no, but the Lord will teach the rebels. He actually calls us rebels if we try to do it without his spirit. That's kind of funny. He says, no, but the Lord will teach the rebels in a more humiliating way, but by men with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Verse 12, to these unbelieving and heart of heart, he said, this is the true rest that you shall give to the weary, and this is the true refreshing. So he's saying that if you come to me your way, good luck. Man can create whatever they want to create. They can make themselves feel whatever they want to feel. But he says, if you want to come to me, you've got to come to me my way. And so the connection piece in the spirit is that you've got to learn how to connect in spirit. And that's why that when he pour, it says that, uh, that he, he poured out, his, when he pours out his spirit, he will speak to you in dreams and visions. There's a connection piece with your spiritual language. And why the gift of tongues and prophecy were given out hand in hand on the day of Pentecost. Because there's a, there's a, there's a sequence. You pray in tongues, prophecy will happen. It, it's a growth process. The reason why there's a promise hidden inside of there is this. The Hebrew understanding of of this particular, these, these four scriptures, the Hebrew understanding is a, is a picture. It's a picture of a baby crying for its, mother, its mother's milk. When a baby cries, does the mother have to think, do they have to like turn a knob in their brain and say, okay, milk, it's time to flow? Or does when the baby cry, does the milk flow? What is it? When the baby cries, the milk flows. So the Lord is painting this picture. He's making it so easy for us if we come to Him His way. He's painting this picture. He says, how will I teach the rebel? How will I teach those who don't understand? They can read and study and do all they want, but if they try to do it without me, they're wasting their time. He says, I will teach them with a stammering lip and another tongue. And the picture is that if you, by faith, begin to pray in your prayer language, the Lord is actually up in heaven and he's waiting to hear the sound of the pure language that he promised he would restore. So when he hears your prayer language, he's actually like this. Um, he, he's saying, I am like the mother hearing the baby cry and know it needs fed. He actually turns and he begins to speak. He begins to release his presence. He begins to give you. And you say, is that really how it works? No, that, that is so simple. You can't bypass the simple faith that is used to pray in the language he equips you with. And as you, as you chase him, after you, as, as you thirst after him, he speaks to you. He speaks to you. He builds you. He shifts your heart. He speaks to this issue. He rips that thing out of you. He begins to tell you things to come. He begins to reveal secrets to you. And you begin to build this relationship that grows and grows and grows in trusting when you say, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to get into my prayer room. 
I feel this burden. I, I have to get into my prayer room to hear what the Lord is saying. I have to be built up today in the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you guys with me? It can't be that simple, can it? Can it really be that simple? So if I asked you a tough question right now, and I asked you, how do you pray? How do you spend the majority of your time praying? What would your answer be? You don't have to answer. I'm, I'm just asking it open. The way the Lord taught, began to teach me these things is he led me to pray for long, extended hours, times. And all I can tell you is during, during those times where there are, you know, two hours, three hours, four hours of praying in the Spirit, you begin to, you know, the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is littered with descriptions of prophetic people having open visions, visitations by angels, supernatural things coming out of heaven and being revealed to these prophetic people. Do you know that's the way your book that is written in heaven becomes unveiled in your life? It's as simple as your prayer life. I've gone through seasons. I went through a season. The Lord challenged me in uh, 2011 to pray in tongues for six hours a day. Now, I know that's not the average guy, and I'm not telling you to go do that. I'm just testifying. I, somehow the Lord made this room, gave me supernatural energy. I would, he would wake me up at 2 in the morning. I would pray, and 7.30 I'd go to work. Crazy, just a crazy year. But during that time, the Lord started to reveal to me. He visited me, introduced me to angels, introduced me to um, just different access things. And, and I know this sounds kind of weird. It is weird. But, there, but Jesus said that the sons of God would be anointed with the dove, the same anointing that was on Jesus. How did Jesus do it? The, the, the four Gospels are littered with a description of Jesus Christ going into prayer in the night, coming out and saying, all right, boys, we're going to the woman at the well. All right, boys, we're going to feed the 5,000. All right, boys, we are going to raise Lazarus. You think, you think Jesus just somehow didn't pray and he just went places and it just happened? Jesus said this in John 5. He says, I only see, I only do what I see my father doing. Meaning that he had access into heaven. Through his prayer life, he had access into heaven. He was given vision and the vision led him through life. Some days it was just chilling out with the disciples, teaching the disciples. Other days it was going to do supernatural things. Amen? So, you can make Christianity as complicated as you want. How many people get frustrated in life and, and their Christian walk? Right? A lot of people. And I'm not going to tell you that if you begin to pray in the Spirit, if you begin to pray in tongues, that all your problems go away. But you learn that when life has a bad road or you make a wrong turn, that you run back into your prayer closet. You run back into your place where the presence of the Lord comes upon you as you pray in His presence using the language He equipped you because He said with a stammering lip and another tongue, I will teach you, not maybe, not might, not 
Well, that's for everybody else, not me. No, if you pray, he will teach you. He will reveal. You, you don't think he knows everything about your life right now? And he's waiting for equipped people to actually come to him in the language that he understands because he says when he hears you begin to cry with a staring lip and another tongue, he, he turns to you. It's not like he can decide whether or not he's gonna, you know, he, he says that it will be just like the mother when the baby cries, the milk will flow. And some days he's just reassuring you with his presence. Other days he's speaking and confronting and challenging you. And other days he's equipping you to deal with a situation. Other days he's unctioning you to go speak to somebody. Amen? Does that make sense? All right, so if it's that simple, where are you with your prayer life being a centerpiece of, of why and how you walk on this earth. Because that is a foundational element for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for ministry, for doing anything. You know, your workplace, where you're going to work, what you're going to do, should you be a doctor, should you be a lawyer, should you, whatever, whatever it's going to do, whatever, whatever um, decision is in your life. And so, let's just do this. <clears throat> and I just, I just want you to just feel the presence of the Lord. Amen? And just, just receive. Because the Spirit, I believe, is unctioning. The desire and the intent of this, of this series is the awakening of the sons of God. Just as Jesus turned to Peter and said, Simon Bar-Jonah... He's turning and pointing to every one of you and saying, you are a daughter of the dove. You are a son of the dove. And upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Signs, wonders, and miracles, supernatural things will follow you everywhere you go. Not maybe, but they will follow you. It's not a chance thing. If you walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is with you. It's not like he's with you some days and he's not with you other days. When you are a son of the dove, he's on you. He's with you. He's all around you. It says he's your rear guard, that he goes before you and makes a way, right? That you as a son of God, as a daughter of God, are unstoppable. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I'm praying this a second time. I want the book of heaven. That is written of me to be released on earth. I don't want to get to the end and discover that there were 20 pages I never turned. That I never sought you out to find which page I was supposed to be on. That I stayed on a page way too long when I should have been way down the road on page 50. <laughs> You're getting my point, right? Yeah. Say this. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Make, me a son of the dove. make me a son of the dove. Lead me through life. Lead me through life. Awaken, in me Awaken in me the ability, the ability. to pray with a stammering lip and another tongue. Pray with a stammering lip and another tongue. 
that I would hear your voice. That this world would be afraid of me. That the dark places of this world would be afraid of me. Because I was born to prophesy. I was born to release words of knowledge. I was born to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I was born to pray in tongues. Holy Spirit, follow me right now. Fill me with your love and grant me the revelation that I can pray in your language and that you promise to speak to me. Grant that ability right now in Jesus' name. All right, now those of you who pray in the Spirit, I'm going to ask you to pray in the Spirit. Um, if, if there's anybody um, who's never prayed in tongues, if you just raise your hand, we're just going to pray here for a few minutes, and um, we're just going to get people activated because the pathway forward is about you hearing His voice. And this gift, this gift of tongues, like I said, is about you hearing His voice. So just begin to pray, guys. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that has never prayed, I, I just release this grace, Lord. I release the grace, Lord, that they would burn in the night season. They would burn, Lord, to seek you out in the way that you promised, Lord, to respond to them, to reveal yourself to them. Father, let this grace come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Shasabusito breamama sonte briama. Bromama andosa, brete, brete, lote, brese, janano boso, broso boshondo, bese breshi, brese bishi, bondero, sote, brete, diso, brota, bote, brete, shatakusa, shatakusa, brete, tando, bronde, ambedoa, tande, bronde, ambedoa, shaboso, pe, shabodose, cute, brete, shatabrosa, shatabrosa, Fall Holy Ghost. Fall Holy Ghost. Fall Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.